Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July 17th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Got to use the checks and balances to restore the republic, ladies and gentlemen. We support the rule of law. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The only question left is, will they allow us to stay peaceful, or will they force us? Huh? Like King George did? Yeah. Good question. It's on the minds of many Americans now. We pray things go peaceful. Yesterday's broadcast, we didn't get a chance to recap yesterday's second hour because uh, Stuart Rhodes jumped on the broadcast with us last hour. Great show. Uh, Listen to the way the mainstream press pitches the story versus the way Stuart Rhodes tells it. Um, You know, they say Stuart Rhodes sat down with the FBI in a bold move. Well, it turns out that's a lie. That isn't true. Stuart says, I was standing on a sidewalk, and these thugs came up like goons. We had a polite conversation. They took my cell phone for two weeks. They gave it back, and Stuart's guilty of nothing. So it's a little different than sitting down with the FBI, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen? Furthermore, when they came up, Stuart had his counsel with him. Uh, so he had his, an attor- his attorneys with him, even though he is a, a um, trained attorney himself, Yale, Yale University. Uh, anyway, long story short, just interesting how they tell the tale and how Stewart tells it. Quite different. Uh, Salon Magazine harasses Stuart Rhodes and other people at CPAC. And then they turn around and write an article saying that Stuart Rhodes harassed them. Uh, but their headlines betray them, ladies and gentlemen. You can see the truth by the headlines Salon writes. They basically say that it was a kind of a circus that was, a, you know, a clown Um. All shapes and sizes of conspiracy theorists and January 6th supporters. What the heck is a January 6th supporter? See, uh, this is where they just have their their wordsmithers in there. I'm calling psychotic, dishonest headlines from Salon. This whacked-out guy by the name of Zachary Patrizzo uh, is the one that is over there. Anyway, I find that interesting. Um Second hour, though, yesterday we had on Dr. Scott Bradley with us, freedomsrisingsun.com to preserve the nation, his collegiate series and goal, lifelong goal. Multiple parents now filed lawsuits against Washington, D.C. for allowing children to receive vaccines without their parents' knowledge and or consent. Just government's flat-out criminal these days, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm talking about. The U.S. Department of Justice... Oh, I'm sorry, Department of Defense considers making COVID-19 vaccines mandatory for military personnel. U.S. troops, if the FDA approves it, according to the Pentagon and according to, they call it the Pentagon's press secretary. I don't know if you know, but the military is already forced to take all kinds of vaccines, including mumps, measles, and polio. And now they're trying to add the cocoa vax to it. What a sham. What a sad tale to tell. Um, whatever happened to my body, my choice. <laughs> wow, interesting, isn't it? All right, by the way, there's a vaccine strike force coming. Will the government literally go community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, knocking on doors if necessary, 
to force vaccines? If so, we may need the Oath Keepers to protect us for crying out loud. Do syringes feature RFID tracking? The answer is yes. They can affix the uh, these tracking to the label of these syringes. USA Today. Um, USA, or I guess the, it's called Rapid USA's website, confirms this reality. So there you have it. Coronavirus update. Surgeon General, quote, misinformation on health is an urgent threat to the public. So if you don't go with the government narrative now, you're involved in disinformation, don't you know? Folks, this is where you kind of start to go, man. Re-education camps. Anybody who doesn't toe the line of your deep swamp, flat out of control, government is an enemy of the state, a domestic threat, a terrorist. They're using contact tracing against everybody. Contact tracing, surveillance, ripe for abuse. Privacy and digital rights experts are now warning that, hey, this could go all off the rails. It lack limits, lacks limits, and government's out of control. Google now reveals that government surveillance is at an all-time high. The United States, Germany, France, UK, and India top the federal government's surveillance list around the world. Even Google's starting to freak out about it. And they're the surveillance kings, folks. So there you have that. Just criminal activity all over the place. And, you know, I sound like I'm anti-government when I talk because all I do is highlight how criminal the government's becoming and behaving and acting. But, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I do not dislike or hate government i am not anti-government in any way in fact i double down in support of quadruple down in support of the proper role of limited government including all the checks and balances that made america great okay i support the vertical and the horizontal checks and balances you know that we have three branches of government broken up into groups on purpose the judicial the legislative and the executive i support those three divisions I'll support, support the divisions of dual sovereignty highlighted in former Sheriff Richard Mack's case where the states are not under or subject to the government. That isn't true in a constitutional republic. We have a series of 50 constitutional republics, and they're not under the general government's thumb by any means. And uh, they wanted you to believe that, Bill Clinton and crew, when they tried to push the Brady Bill, but Richard Mack, the good sheriff, and others pushed back and said no. And the Supreme Court agreed no. That isn't how our constitutional republics work. There are dual powers and authorities. By the consent of the governed, we give certain power to the states and certain power to the feds. By the consent of the governed, that's we the people. All right, and so the general government has no more authority over a state um, than Peter Pan has authority over your business. All right, so understand those principles, ladies and gentlemen. The checks and balances are what make America great. It chains down bureaucrats and professional do-gooders and those who would seek for power. It designs to pull power down, to stop that from happening, to protect the people. And when government carries out that mission by the consent of the governed, carries out their defined, articulated roles, constitutionally speaking, we support and promote that government. When government goes rogue, runs off the rails, and violates those separations of powers, violates those distinctions provided by the consent of the governed. When they run amok, when they run off the rails and violate their oaths, violate their power, that's when we say, wait a minute, we don't support this kind of government. We don't support rogue agents with unlimited, unbridled power. We don't support that. We don't seek for power. We seek to pull it down. You got it? Okay, so I don't want you to think that I'm anti-government because it's absolutely false. 
But I am anti-rogue agents. I'll tell you that right now. They're out of control, and they've got to be stopped. If you don't believe me, what happened to my body, my choice? Charlie Kirk, he's an editor at the American Freedom Report or whatever, and I just kind of want to know, whatever happened to that? They used to, when it came to murdering their babies, women would say, it's my body, my choice, and that's kind of how the government kind of promoted it, right? But what happened to that, huh? What happened to that narrative? Um, that's not the way I see it going happening now in America when it comes to vaccines. But whatever happened to my body, my choice. Isn't that interesting how they've jettisoned that as fast as they've come up with it? When it comes to murdering your baby, it's my body, my choice. When it comes to saying, I don't want to put your toxic man-made uh, experimental serum in my veins, then somehow you're an enemy of the state because you don't want to go along. Isn't that interesting? I find that very, very interesting indeed. Wow. All right. I'm going to highlight this story. And I want to talk about this because it's very interesting. I told you last hour that I was going to prove vote fraud. And I am right now. You ready? Listen to the headline. The feds protected Hunter Biden. Yeah. Byron York wrote the piece, okay? Yeah. U.S. attorney in Delaware kept Hunter Biden investigation secret during 2020 campaign. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. U.S. attorney in Delaware, a federal attorney, by the way, kept Biden investigation secret during the 2020 election campaign. Bottom line, folks, time had come to issue subpoenas. But you know what, folks? They didn't do it. They were supposed to seek search warrants. But they didn't do it. What do you think about that? Politico brings the details forward. Hunter Biden's prosecutor rejected moves that would have revealed the probe earlier. So let me get this straight. There was an investigation into Hunter Biden and consequently Joe Biden. All right. So the feds protected Hunter Biden, Byron York, U.S. Attorney. Right. Federal U.S. Attorney, if you will. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to this almost. U.S. Attorney in Delaware kept Hunter Biden's investigation secret during 2020 campaign. It was time to issue subpoenas, seek search warrants, but he didn't do it. Um, is that election fraud? Let's talk about it. Liberty Roundtable, live. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business indeed. I call this flat-out election fraud, and the proof is in the pudding, ladies and gentlemen, not the traditional way that you've heard about ballots and everything else, but the government literally in bed with criminal activity. Listen carefully. The feds protected Hunter Biden. U.S. attorney in Delaware kept the probe secret during the 2020 campaign. Time had come, ladies and gentlemen in the course of the investigation to issue subpoenas, seek search warrants. Of course, he didn't do it. U.S. Attorney David Weiss is his name. Listen carefully. He was urged by officials involved in the case. So this isn't something that he did by himself. He was urged by officials involved in the case. So this is a criminal conspiracy to avoid taking any actions that could alert the public to the existence of the case in the middle of a presidential election. Now, if this doesn't have anything to do with Joe, if it's just Hunter, then why wouldn't we bring it up during the election? Because it doesn't affect Joe, right? Well, it affects Joe in a variety of ways. Okay? It infers that they received information Biden received information from Elena Bacharina, the wife of the former mayor of Moscow in late October of 2020. The New York Post published emails from Hunter Biden's laptop linking his father, that's Joe, to his overseas ventures in China and with Ukrainian energy company, Eurisma, a story which is promptly subjected to a heavy 
censorship campaign, ladies and gentlemen, by social media companies. The Daily Caller News Foundation later would confirm, listen to this, the Daily Caller News Foundation would later confirm via forensic analysis that the email, at the email of the center of the post article or story in which a Burisma executive thanked the younger Biden for introducing him to his father. So you literally have emails now saying, hey, thank you for introducing me to your dad, who was the vice president at the time, now running for president, and we're not going to let this come out. Hunter would later come out with a statement after the election confirming that he's under investigation from federal prosecutors for tax crimes. The investigation has been going on since 2018, ladies and gentlemen. And it focuses on relations that Hunter and Joe had with a Chinese Chinese energy company called CEFC, which wired him millions of dollars in payments in 2017 and 2018. Now, ladies and gentlemen, think about what I'm saying to you. So you literally have the feds basically telling the attorney there who's involved in prosecution, don't prosecute. Don't let the public know about this. Don't let information about this leak. Don't subpoena evidence. Don't subpoena people. Don't issue search warrants. Don't let this thing blow up during the election because it might affect Joe's chances to win. And the attorney listened to those who put pressure on him to shut the investigation down so that it didn't affect Joe. Now, ladies and gentlemen, is that election tampering, I ask you? Because the average American who's backing Joe Biden, if they knew Joe was in bed with Hunter, in bed with the communist Chinese, receiving millions of dollars in you know, back channel pay, et cetera, et cetera. And the Chinese man's like, hey, thanks for your special privilege introducing me to your dad, the VP of the United States at the time, et cetera, et cetera. And subpoenas came out and evidence came out and emails came out. And it was time to issue subpoenas and search warrants. Why would the prosecutor not prosecute? Isn't that their very job to prosecute? But the prosecutor ran interference to prevent the American people from knowing the truth. Now, if I'm making a decision to vote for president, and I hear Donald, and I hear nothing but scandal over the Donald, and how awful and evil Donald, and I hear Joe squeaky clean, any allegations against Joe are false, not true. Ah, come on now, just a bunch of people don't like Joe. But yet, the truth is, they were literally withholding prosecution. You could say so it doesn't interfere with the election, is that the idea? Well, what they did was they interfered with the truth on the election, Right? They kept the investigation secret during the 2020 campaign. Right? Avoid taking any actions that could alert the public to the existence of this investigation. So when we were telling you that Joe Biden was a criminal, and then they were withholding information proving our point, everybody involved in this is involved in election fraud in a grand Deep state conspiracy, ladies and gentlemen. So for those of you who believe in conspiracy theories, 
Set them aside now because you have conspiracy facts you can hold on to. The conspiracy fact is government officials, including the attorney, the prosecuting attorney, literally deceived the people and kept a criminal probe secret that may very well have changed the election. And uh, it might have changed the election if the American people knew about it to not elect Joe. But what they did is they got Joe elected because they withheld this information very likely. So, ladies and gentlemen, vote fraud has been proven. When the feds protect Hunter Biden and thus protect Joe from a criminal probe, keeping it secret during the election. I don't know how it gets more criminal than that, to be honest with you. I really don't. But that's what we're seeing, criminal activity everywhere, aren't we? We're literally seeing criminal activity everywhere by your government. I kid you not. I mean, it is out of control. Hard to even fathom what kind of criminal activity we're seeing everywhere. You don't believe me? All right, I'll give you the next headline then to highlight the point if you're not sold on the truth yet, okay? Race-motivated agency spying report reveals, okay? Now, this article is by Katie Edmondson, if you want to find it, so you can know my sources there, people, right? All right? By Katie Edmondson. Now, listen to this. An obscure federal office operated for more than a decade as an unaccountable police force inside the Commerce Department using extreme and unauthorized tactics. I kid you not. Race-motivated agency, spying report reveals, Katie Edmondson, an obscure federal office operated for more than a decade as an unaccountable police force. What's an unaccountable police force? Inside the Commerce Department, using extreme and unauthorized tactics. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how to make this more clear. Flat out criminal enterprise went on for over a decade in the Commerce Department. You don't even normally consider that a legitimate department that would have any policing capabilities. But believe it or not, Washington officials in a little-known security unit within the Commerce Department conducted unauthorized surveillance and investigations into the agency's employees that targeted people of Chinese and Middle Eastern descent. So they call us racist. Okay, they call us racist, but literally you have a government agency within the Commerce Department acting without authority, an obscure federal office. What does that mean? They just literally put together black op government money, created a spy agency within the Commerce Department to run undercover to attack people of certain race. And then they tell you that I'm the racist? Senate investigators said that a new, said that a new report, the report informed by over two dozen whistleblowers. Yeah, over two dozen whistleblowers spoke out and called a halt to the con game. It was, re- it was released by Roger Wicker. He's a senator of Mississippi. 
He's the top Republican on the Commerce Committee who brought this out, released this report. He said it's called Investigation and Threat Management Service. For more than a decade as a rogue, unaccountable police force opening thousands of unauthorized investigations into employees. All right. They believe that there was concerns of rampant Chinese espionage. But hang tight, because I'll tie it together for you. Okay, people? Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. The U.S. dealing with the pandemic of the unvaccinated. That coming from CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky yesterday. The Delta variant spreading among the unvaccinated. President Biden's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says those who aren't vaccinated take a dire risk. The bottom line is we are dealing with a formidable variant in the Delta variant and the extreme vulnerability of people who are not vaccinated, which will account for infections, hospitalizations, and ultimately deaths. Meanwhile, Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy blames misinformation about vaccines for low vaccination rates, and he says health misinformation has cost us lives. Plans underway to get Afghans who helped the U.S. military out of the country before a possible Taliban takeover. Sources tell NBC News about 2,500 Afghans who worked for our government will be allowed to come to the U.S. Others will wait outside the U.S. for their visas to be approved. This is USA Radio News. Let's see, if something costs less... But people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A mass shooting in Portland, Oregon. At least eight people hurt last night. At least one with life-threatening injuries. No arrest announced. No word on a motive. Inflation causing concern among Americans. A study out yesterday by the University of Michigan finds consumer sentiment this month at a five-month low. The biggest complaints for consumers, higher prices for homes, cars, and durable goods. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen not alarmed, though. She tells the PBS NewsHour inflation is largely confined to sectors most affected by the pandemic, like travel and items that rely on semiconductors. Outside of those pandemic-affected sectors, inflation is very moderate and um, really consistent with inflation rates we think of as normal. She also says rapid inflation could last several more months. The death count in Europe could rise as floodwaters recede. Over 150 people dead in Germany and Belgium from flooding following heavy rain starting Thursday. One part of Germany getting two months' worth of rain in just 24 hours. Officials say as waters recede, more bodies will likely be discovered. This is USA Radio News.
ladies and gentlemen, this is absolutely insane, the criminal activity that I'm pointing to in government right now. Listen carefully to this, folks. This is insane. Race-motivated agency spying. Race-motivated agency spying. Katie Edmondson, an obscure federal office within the Commerce Department, ran as a out-of-control rogue police force inside the Commerce Department for more than a decade using extreme and unauthorized tactics, ladies and gentlemen. They got caught by over two dozen whistleblowers about this. It found that the work of the office was consumed by concerns about rampant Chinese espionage in the United States. Sometimes it veered into racial profiling as well. So they call me a racist, but it's your government, rogue agents that are racist, and get, they get caught. They say that its leaders used extreme tactics, such as sending masked agents to breaking in to offices to search for incriminating evidence, combating national security threats posed by China, should be a priority for the government and any agency, but that does not give the federal government a license to disregard the law, says the senator. Abuse of authority and race-based targeting is unacceptable, they say, especially in law enforcement. Well, I agree with that, but again, in this case, it's not even legitimate law enforcement. It's some rogue thugs in a department that's unconstitutional, right? The unit, they say, an internal security office inside the Commerce Department became fixated on rooting out foreign, foreign espionage, according to the report. Now, I want to stop there. So if they're fixated in stopping espionage, why are they using this Gestapo agency within the government while at the same time the feds are protecting Hunter and Joe Biden who have ties to the communist Chinese and ties to money and Okay, why are they ignoring that if they're fixated on getting to the bottom of this, right? They say they're resorting to searching employees' emails, accounts for certain phrases in Chinese, and flagging, quote, ethnic surnames for background checks via secure intelligence databases. So now they're using all the gathering of info on us and attacking people based on race at this rogue agency in government while ignoring the Hunter Joe tied to the communist Chinese. In some cases, they say its agents would covertly search employees' offices wearing face masks and gloves, sometimes even picking locks to gain entry, they say. Unit leaders often refuse to close investigations into employees even after agents were unable to find any evidence after all their Gestapo-type tactics. At times, leaving researchers or other employees who are responsible for keeping track of some of this stuff in what's called um, administrative limbo. Almost 2,000 cases remained open at the end of last year, Senate investigators explained. In recent years, American law enforcement officials have become increasingly concerned that Chinese, or that China's expanding its surveillance efforts in the United States and using visiting Chinese scholars for intelligence-gathering purposes. Well, I believe that's true. 
but you're not going to look into Hunter Biden enabling the Chinese tied directly to the vice president of the United States. We're going to squash that during an election. While at the same time, we have a secret government rogue agency with a Gestapo type tactics that operates for over a decade with black op government money. The Senate report laid out how those fears were fueled. They say an aggressive, unauthorized, counter-espionage effort inside a department. They're documenting how that even happened. But it houses scientific agencies that staff, uh, I guess, has researchers from around the world involved in the staff there. The result, it said, was a discriminatory effort to target and spy on people of Asian and Middle Eastern descent. And then Joe literally that's the border leak like a sieve. Well, that's going on. Many of them, believe it or not, Chinese Americans. But some from an Iran and Iraq, even in the absence of reasonable suspicion, were targeted. Under the Biden administration, now they say department officials suspended the investigations and began an internal review of the program in April, a spokeswoman said adding that officials were examining Senator Wicker's report and took the allegations against the office very seriously. They say the spokeswoman said that officials expected that their internal review would conclude in a couple of weeks, then the department would share its plans to fix it. Yeah. Folks, you look at this and you go, it's just criminal. It started with the Obama administration. And you look at this and you go, wow, now they're trying to pitch Joe as the good guy. Joe's getting to the bottom of it and fixing it just for you. Lies. They say, ladies and gentlemen, you can't protect U.S. entities at the, on the altar of violating constitutional rights. Now, government now is dropping all charges against certain people. So not only are they saying, we've got to get to the bottom of this, we've got to find out who the bad guys are. But when it comes to some of their own, they're dropping charges without explanation. A.K.A. we're not going to prosecute Hunter or Joe during the election because people might find out they're criminals. Joe should be in jail, not president, ladies and gentlemen, is the bottom line of this. And you can say, well, Sam, you're a conspiracy theory. You think there's vote fraud? No, 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 no. These are conspiracy facts. Ladies and gentlemen, when the feds protect Hunter Biden at the deep state level by convincing the U.S. attorney in charge of prosecution. All right. They were urged by officials. So the deep state urged this guy to not continue the prosecution. That's a conspiracy. And then when you find out on top of that, you had a a race-motivated agency, a rogue agency. They operated for more than a decade without legitimate authority as a police force, a spy agency within your commerce department. So now you've got two conspiracies that I just uncovered for you, ladies and gentlemen. Do you read me? Do you read me loud and clear, ladies and gentlemen? I ask you. The feds protected Hunter Biden in a big old cabal conspiracy to shut down the subpoenas, to shut down 
The search warrant to shut down the investigation into Hunter and Joe during the election. Big old cabal conspiracy came out now. Second one is this rogue agency within this Commerce Department with police powers to harass people based on race. These two reality checks are not conspiracy theory. They are conspiracy fact. And I ask you how they relate to an election. You think that'll influence the election if you withhold the scandals? They didn't withhold the looking into Donald Trump's tax returns. They didn't withhold anything about Donald Trump at all. In fact, they just mocked President Trump as a looney tune, a crazy on the right. Uh, You know, all he's got is good hair. Other than that, he's a buffoon. Kind of an idea. But they protected and literally ran interference to allow Joe Biden to get elected. Meanwhile, they're running this criminal enterprise within the Commerce Department and harassing people over race while they call Donald the racist? Yeah, the deep deep state tried to undermine the new president. Yeah. So Tucker Carlson speaking out on this now. Tucker Carlson says, hey, they went all in. They laid out the truth of the 2020 election. They alleged crimes of Donald that they knew he never committed. The deep state tried to undermine the president by doing this, right? They knew that Donald Trump didn't commit those crimes, but they continued doggedly to sticking to it. Meanwhile, they're covering up legitimate crimes with legitimate investigations at the point of subpoena stage at the point of what do they call those things um subpoena and uh search warrant stage so they ignored search warrants and subpoenas in a real case against hunter and joe but then they made all these allegations about president trump even though they knew they were false i kid you not you cannot find greater election tampering than what i'm highlighting You literally have a rogue agency in government attacking people based on race, without any authority, illegitimate Gestapo tactics. And then you have these media people saying Donald's criminal. They knew that he wasn't. Nothing has stuck. But Joe Biden's cover-up continues. When we come back, let's have Tucker Carlson break this down, okay? You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live radio talk show. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. 
Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm telling you, the criminal enterprise is getting exposed faster than you can imagine. And Americans are waking up to the truth of the abuse that's gone on. While the mainstream attacked Donald acting like he was a criminal at every turn, nothing stuck, including saying he was an insurrectionist. By the way, they don't have any charges even against Donald Trump, do they? All right, none. But they say there was an insurrection at the Capitol led by Donald. But you know what? Despite accusations from Democrats in the deep state, no January 6th protesters have been charged with sedition or insurrection or anything of the sort. And while they make up while they make up all these lies about Donald Trump, about him guilty of this and that, and criminal, 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 it turns out that while they were lying about Donald Trump, they literally were covering up Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and their criminal activity. Literally, prosecutors were held off in a conspiracy fact to sway the election in the favor of extreme tied to the communist Joe. And then you got this race motivated to see literally spying on people based on race, getting caught over a decade with criminal activity in the Commerce Department. Now Tucker Carlson goes all in, lays out the truth of the 2020 election on air. The deep state tried to undermine the new president by opening up investigations into crimes that he never even committed. They tie it all together. And believe it or not, it was a guy on Twitter that tied it all together. And Tucker Carlson just helps carry the ball. Here is the quote. I'll comment after it. Here's the interview. Cooper wrote a remarkable series of tweets in which he tried to explain why so many Trump voters believe the last election was rigged. Really smart. He crystallized it. We like to read some of it now. Quote, here are the facts, actual confirmed facts that shape the perspective of Trump voters. The FBI spied on the 2016 Trump campaign using evidence manufactured by the Clinton campaign. We now know that all involved knew it was fake from day one. The voters this was aimed at are Tea Party people, the type who give their kids a pocket constitution for their birthday and have founding fathers memes in their bios. The intel community spying on a presidential campaign using fake evidence, including forged documents, is a big deal to them. Trump supporters know the collusion case front and back. They went from worrying the collusion must be real to suspecting it might be fake to realizing it was a scam and then watched as every institution, the intel agencies, the press, Congress, academia, gaslit them for another year. Worse, collusion was used to scare away good people from working in the Trump administration. They knew their entire lives would be investigated. 
Many quit because they were being bankrupted by legal fees. The DOJ, the press, and the government destroyed lives and actively subverted an elected administration. This is where people whose political identity was largely defined by a naive belief in what they learned in civics class began to see the outline of a regime that had crossed all institutional boundaries. That regime stepped out of the shadows to unite against an interloper, Donald Trump. A lot of Trump supporters understand this regime is not partisan. They know that the same institutions would have taken opposite sides if it was a Tulsi Gabbard versus Jeb Bush election. It's hard to describe to people on the left how shocking and disillusioning this was for conservatives, people who encourage their sons to enlist in the army and hate those who don't stand for the anthem. They could have managed the shock if it only involved the government. But the behavior of the corporate press is what really radicalized them. They hate journalists more than they hate any politician or government official because they feel most betrayed by them. The idea that the press is driven by ratings and sensationalism became untenable. If that were true, they'd be all over the Epstein story. But they're not. The corporate press is the propaganda arm of the regime. Nothing anyone says will ever make them unsee that, period. This is profoundly disorienting. Many Trump voters don't know for certain whether ballots were faked in November 2020, but they know for absolute certain that the press, the FBI, and the rest would lie to them if they were. They watch the press behave like animals for four years. Tens of millions of people will always see Brett Kavanaugh as a gang rapist based on nothing because of CNN. And CNN seems proud of that. CNN led a lynch mob against a high school kid. They cheered on a summer of riots. Republicans always claimed the media had liberal bias, but they still thought the press would admit the truth if they were cornered. Huh. It's a very different thing to watch the media invent stories out of whole cloth in order to destroy regular people's lives and spark mass violence. Time magazine has told us that during the 2020 riots, there were weekly conference calls involving, among others, leaders of the protests, the local officials who refused to stop them, and media people who frame them for political effect. In Ukraine, we call that a color revolution. Throughout the summer, Democratic governors took advantage of COVID to change voting procedures. It wasn't just the mail-in ballots. They lowered signature matching standards and a lot else. Then there was Hunter Biden's laptop. Big tech ran a full-on censorship campaign against a major newspaper to protect a political candidate, period. Everyone knows it. All the tech companies now admit it was a mistake but the election's over, so who cares? It goes without saying that if the New York Times had Don Jr.'s laptop, which is full of pictures of him smoking crack and engaging in group sex with lots of lurid family drama, emails describing direct corruption, the New York Times would not have been banned. Think back. Stories about Trump being urinated on by Russian prostitutes and blackmailed by Putin were promoted as fact when the only evidence was a document paid for by his opposition and disavowed by its source. The New York Post was banned for reporting on true information. The reaction of Trump people to all of this was not, no fair. That's how they felt about, say, Romney's Binders of Women story in 2012. This is different. Now they see correctly that every institution is captured by people who will use any means to exclude them from the political process. And yet they still showed up in record numbers to vote. Trump got 13 million more votes than he did in 2016. He got 10 million more than Clinton got. As election night dragged on, his voters allowed themselves some hope. But when the four critical swing states, and only those states, went dark at midnight, they knew. 
Over the ensuing weeks, they got shuffled around by grifters and media scam artists selling them conspiracy theories. They latched on to one, then another increasingly absurd theory as they tried to put a concrete name on something very real. Media and tech did everything to make things worse. Everything about the election was strange, the changes to procedure, unprecedented mail-in voting, the delays, etc. But rather than admit that and make everything transparent, they banned discussion of it, even in direct messages. Everyone knows that, just as Don Jr.'s laptop would have been the story of the century. If everything about this election dispute was the same except the parties were reversed, suspicions about the outcome would have been taken very seriously. See 2016 for proof. They understood, they understand why courts refuse to take the election case. What judge will stick his neck out for Donald Trump knowing that he'll be destroyed in the media as a violent mob burns down his house? It is a fact, according to Time magazine, that mass riots were planned in cities across the country if Trump won. Sure, they were protests, but they were planned by the same people as during the summer, and everyone knows what that would have meant. Judges have families, too. Forget the ballot conspiracies. It's a fact that governors used COVID to unconstitutionally alter election procedures, something the Constitution states that only legislatures can do to help Biden make up for a massive enthusiasm gap by gaming the mail-in ballot system. They knew it was unconstitutional when they did it. It's right there in plain English in the Constitution. But they also knew the cases wouldn't see court until after election. What judge is going to toss millions of ballots because a governor broke the rules? The threat of mass riots wasn't implied, it was direct. And he goes on. In the end, Daryl Cooper writes, not every theory about election fraud is true, but Trump's voters, quote, are absolutely right that their government is monopolized by a regime that believes they are beneath representation and will observe no limits to keep them getting it. End quote. That is true, and every honest person knows it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is true. Every honest person knows it is how Tucker wraps up. But this is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. There is flat-out evidence of vote manipulation. Now, whether it's the media lying about all Donald Trump's crimes that they knew he didn't commit, uh, to uh, suppressing real criminal activity by Hunter and Joe, to uh, all these different scenarios about vote fraud and ballots and voting machines and everything else, the evidence of vote manipulation... The evidence of setting the stage to make sure Joe won is literally everywhere. It's ubiquitous. There's more evidence every time we turn around, something else new comes out that solidifies this reality. It's a sad tale to tell. And I've been warning everybody about this for literally years, telling you if you don't get a handle on the media, folks, they can run the game. They can literally um, make what popular they want and reject what they want. And you don't have any control. He who owns the media makes the rules is the point. The new media needs to take center stage. We need your financial support. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We need your financial support because, folks, we need to make our media footprint bigger so we can take on these clowns. They're dishonest. They've been suppressing stories and promoting stories that literally deceive the people. Well, there is a little bit of good news on this front. A guy by the name of Jason Miller, he used to be with Trump. Uh, now he's started his own media service that kind of takes on Twitter. It's called GetTR.com. So Jason Miller starts GetTR.com. And it looks like WND, WorldNet Daily, gets on GetTR. As new social media site explodes, 
It is becoming more popular. People are signing up for it left and right. I don't know if it's the best you know, new media service out there or not yet. I haven't played enough with it, but I'm telling you it's been launched. So people are starting to take seriously, ladies and gentlemen, this issue about the media controlling the narrative. We have got to take back the narrative from the mainstream press. They literally lied about Hunter and Joe, suppressed real investigations, including subpoenas and including um, uh, search warrants. They knew it was a legitimate investigation, too. It had been going on for two years, and they stopped it because of the election. All the meanwhile, they laid charge to Donald Trump that he's criminal about everything. Oh, man, this scandal, this get Donald's a criminal. Donald's an enemy. Donald's a, Donald's, Donald's, and none of it turned out to be true. They knew it. They knew it. Now they're getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar. As the new media takes center stage, we expose them. But we have got to make our footprint bigger because it's one thing to expose them. Preaching to the choir, the insiders know what happened. and It's one thing to get the truth out. It's another thing to have enough Americans by our greater number to take the truth now and demand a change. Joe Biden does not need to be your president. He's criminal. He's been in bed with the Chinese, and the evidence and the emails prove it. The money sent to Hunter proves it. And so we need to put the current so-called president of the United States in prison. And if I question his presidency and question the legitimacy of that, they say that I'm a domestic terrorist, that I'm a domestic threat of some kind. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been on the radio for 25-plus years, and I'm telling you right now that I've advocated for nothing but peace and stability and the proper role of constitutional government. I've appealed to the rule of law. I don't have any violence to my name. I encourage people to step back from insurrections and violence, and I'm the one that even talks about, look, you don't have a right to protest. You have a right to peacefully assemble. So don't let them deceive you into who I am. I am pro the proper role of constitutional government, but I am for holding the goon squad, the dishonest deep state swamp people who want to destroy your liberty. I'm absolutely for holding those rogue agents accountable for their actions. Why? Because I want the proper role of government for the next generations, my children and my children's children, and so on. That's all I care about. I'm over 50 years old. I don't even got much left on this planet, really. I'll live as long as I can, and I'll stand for the sacred cause of liberty for the rest of my life, peacefully, educationally, to do my very best to encourage people to turn to God Almighty and receive peace and blessings and stability. I follow the Prince of Peace and testify he lives. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... July 17th in the year of our Lord 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. 
Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as you further know, we're convinced that checks and balances are one of the modern-day keys to our success. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the seeds for solution right there in the founding of our country, ladies and gentlemen. The checks and balances are brilliant and make an absolute huge difference indeed. Hang on, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. All right, so board up. That was Stuart Rhodes dialing in. Uh, call him back on the number that I gave you, and we'll get him on as a guest. In the meantime, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I'm all by myself. We tried to call the guest, didn't answer, and then he called me on my uh, personal office line, which is great, but I didn't want to have the conversation on the air uh, preliminarily. I never put somebody on the air without their full knowledge they're on the air. I don't play games like that like other people do. So there you have that. Anyway, our board op uh, producer, uh, Cameron will be getting a hold of our guest coming up. Our guest will be Stuart Rose today. But before we get to him, a quick recap of yesterday's broadcast. We had our guest on Mr. Chris Carlson, discussion of all things liberty. We discussed the we discussed the general welfare clause of the United States Constitution and how it's basically perverted and misrepresented these days. It's Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 of the Constitution. They say the general welfare clause is often referred to as the tax and spending clause because of its extensive misuse today, ladies and gentlemen. That's really critical to understand. Many people claim it gives the feds the right to do anything they want to. They can define it any way they want as long as they call it the welfare clause. They can do anything they want. That's a lie. We talked about Biden who wants to expand the child welfare tax credit. He called on Congress on Thursday saying it can reduce poverty in America. That's a lie. We talked about Governor Bradford and the lessons he learned at Thanksgiving back in the early pilgrim days. Individualistic sink or swim is the solution. Voluntary Christian charity versus forced government welfare, ladies and gentlemen. True generosity requires choice, not coercion. Let me say that again. Voluntary Christian charity versus forced government welfare. True generosity, ladies and gentlemen, involves choice, not coercion. Anyway, what is moral hazard? We talked about that. Definition, moral hazard is a situation, ladies and gentlemen, where one party is protected from the responsibility or risks of their decisions by another party. Thus, politicians vote us into oblivion, financially speaking. It's a moral hazard because the congressmen and senators that vote for it aren't responsible. At the end of the day, the taxpayers on the hook. One party makes decisions, the other group incurs the cost, right? Both parties have incomplete information about each other. That is moral hazard. We got that going on big time. The other clause in the what general welfare clause of the Constitution is this, but all duties, imposts, and excise shall be uniform throughout the United States. That's a part they miss whenever they promote this agenda as well, perverting the welfare clause. They want you to believe that they can do whatever they want to. That's a lie. Uniform duties, uniform taxes. We don't have that in America. We're violating the Constitution left and right. 
We also talked about Biden sadly opens the back door to universal basic income rights the Hill. It is a shame indeed. All right, forget the rest of the recap. We'll talk about that a little later on the broadcast. For now, our guest, Stuart Rhodes, with us. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You're traveling all over the country, aren't you? Um, actually, I'm in Texas right now. I've been here for, for, uh, for a good spell. So I'm not traveling at the moment. All right. Well, that's good news. Uh, as far as I understand, you went to CPAC, right? Yeah, I did. A CPAC Dallas. That's right. So, so CPAC came to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had a booth. It's, it's really kind of funny. People are acting, or the left is acting like it's some kind of great, great um, new, you know, Waterloo moment that Oath Keepers was at CPAC. We had a booth at CPAC back in, uh, I think it was back in 2013. So you've been with so, CPAC for a long time. <clears throat> yeah. What the mainstream been, press is trying to do, in, in my opinion, is they're trying to basically tar and feather you. They're trying to, in the court oh, yeah. of public opinion, uh, rally their uh, minions against you and the Oath Keepers to the point where uh, it's laughable to those of us who are in the know. But uh, for the rest, they're kind of shocked that their their abuse hasn't taken a greater toll, right? Right. So what's what's going on? I mean, I mean, heck, with Sheriff Mack was on our board of directors, and he was also, of course, leading C- CSPOA, and he he was a speaker at CPAC years ago. So you know, and I've been there many times. So it's just it's just, it's just bizarre. But yeah, I was walking in with one of our Texas supporters, a lady, uh, a rancher, and we were walking in, and this this hack journalist or so-called journalist from Salon was walking the other direction. He's like, Stuart Rhodes? I'm like, yeah, what's up? I saw he was from Salon, but I was, it was still willing to talk to him because I'm polite. And he said, uh, he, he said, why did CPAC let you in here? I said, well, why wouldn't they? And he said, oh, because of your involvement in the attack on the Capitol. And I just, I just told him F off. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I just I told him, I said, hey, you know, if you, so, and, and the away. reason why is because they're not starting the conversation to really have a, yeah. meet, uh, a meeting of the minds and a real discussion. What they're really trying yeah. to do is find a story where they can basically pervert the truth and have greater attacks and get brownie buttons from their leadership, yeah. right? He's yeah. being a rude jerk. It's just, you know, it's, it's like, and I said it in the same tone as you would say buzz off. I didn't yell. Then later he published that, you know, Stuart Rhodes, you know, lost his mind and was yelling in the hallway. Yeah, it's really funny. I was talking to, to uh, another Army veteran, and we're like, uh, that's not yelling. This metrosexual doesn't know what yelling is. You know, when we were in basic training, we were top our DIs how to yell. You know, you're going to sound off like you got there. So that was not yelling. That's just me saying, but you know, buzz off. So they well, turned and, into, and let me... I was harassing. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> yeah, so, so they spun it, of course, like classic projection. He's the one that, like, acting like a rude jerk in the hallway. And he turned it around and made it into I was harassing him. So, All right. So, so basically, they come up to Stuart Rhodes from Salon. They try to harass him, uh, treat him as if he's some kind of a criminal or that he's done something wrong or that he's guilty uh, before he's ever, you know, been even charged with anything somehow. This is insane. Here's the headline they write to prove the point. And I think it's quite telling with what they write. Okay. Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the White or right-wing Oath Keepers Militia was spotted 
by a salon reporter at CPAC in Dallas, and he was even sporting an official CPAC pass. Okay, what kind of a phraseology is that? You got all kinds of scare words in there. Militia, right wing, uh, spotted by a salon reporter like you're going in there incognito or something, right? And they, they found you out. They discovered you. And, and exactly, by golly, right. okay, this is goofy, sir. It is. And then he went on to harass other attendees, including Mike Lindell. And then, ironically, he was kicked out. So CPAC kicked him out instead of, instead of me, which I thought was pretty funny. So hoisted on his own petard. All right, now here's the other headline he was, they have. Because he, was, because he was actually harassing, you know, yes. He was actually doing what he, what he said that I was doing. Yes, that's how they often operate, and that's why I call them out over it. Here's the other headline they have to prove the point. They act like they were innocent, that you just went up and just assaulted them. By the way, Salon's not even on the radar for folks like me and Stuart and others. We could care less about them, but when they come up and confront us, we're not going to take it either. Here's what they say. Listen to this headline. CPAC's Dallas conference was a carnival of extremists and conspiracy theorists. You think these guys are really the ones getting harassed? You think they're really the ones that are just like, oh, my gosh, we are there minding our own. And old Stewart came up, the militia man, and assaulted us. See, these people are crazy, and their headlines prove it. What do you mean a carnival of extremists? Well, they were there, so I guess that's somewhat true. But I look at that, and I just go, their headlines give them away, uh, Stuart. Amen. Yeah. So, really, we all need to just, just stop talking to, to the uh, leftist media entirely. Just don't, even, don't respond to them. So, I, I get a, a Washington Post reporter walk up to me, and she was nice. I, I saw her. She was sitting cross-legged, typing on her computer, and then I saw her at a distance. When she see, saw me, she hopped up and ran towards me. I was like, oh, I feel sorry for this young girl. I'm going to go ahead and talk to her. So I talked to her at length. Nothing I said to her made it into the article. Just that she had spotted me at CPAC. That's all, that's all it was really said. Same kind of smear campaign. They never quote you. They never have a real discussion. It's always about just getting a sound bite or a photo and then demonizing. So there's really, there's really no point in talking to them. It would be like a GI in World War II talking to Tokyo Rose. There's no point. What they basically try to do is they try to demonize, then they try to isolate. They want to basically barbecue us all in the court of public opinion. The difference is they used to have enough media to make it stick. Now the new media is taking center stage and they can't get away with it so easy because folks like me and Stuart and others flat out call them out and call a halt to their con game. Ladies and gentlemen, Stuart Rose, stay there. we got a whole lot to talk about. I want to talk about what actually happened at CPAC that was positive or good. And then I want to talk about you sat down with the FBI and a whole lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, what do they do with good, honest patriots? The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Ladies and gentlemen, dishonest headlines from Salon about CPAC. Stuart Rhodes was there, was there, of course, with a legitimate pass to attend. Salon freaked. Everybody freaked out, acting like somehow Stuart's a criminal. And here's what they basically do. They paint a dismal picture, to say the least. Not only did they attack Stuart, but they had literally attacked everybody. Mike Lindell, they call us a carnival of right-wing extremists. And then they say all shapes and sizes of conspiracy fans and January 6th supporters showed up in Dallas. Organizers didn't even care. What on earth is a January 6th supporter? Okay, it's, it's kind of like calling somebody a birther, calling somebody a truther, calling somebody a, they just, now you're a Jan 6th supporter. Well, I don't even know what a Jan 6th supporter is, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, if you want to say that we uh, are the government and they work for us, then I am a Gen 6 supporter. If you want to say that, hey, we're terrorists and insurrectionists and Donald's the chief of us all, that's a lie from the pit of hell. If they want to tell you that we completely disagree on the issues, I agree they're right. But here's what's important. This guy is named Zachary Patrizzo, I think is his name. Is that the reporter that talked to you or was it a girl from Salon? Sorry. Go ahead, sir. So I can't tell the difference. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not joking. Sadly, that's a reality today, too, sir. Right. No, but no, that, that's who it was. Right. All so, right. And this but, guy's goofy, exactly. though. Think about the headlines. A carnival, uh, a circus, um, all shapes and sizes of conspiracy people and January 6th supporters. What the heck is a January 6th supporter, sir? Well, you pegged it. Their, their entire argument now is to use the uh, January 6th protest, I call it a mostly peaceful protest, um, and make, make that into the Reichstag fire. It's the American Reichstag fire. They're now going to use that to justify uh, persecuting political dissidents, labeling anybody who was in D.C., in fact, labeling all Trump supporters terrorists. He's a chief terrorist. That's exactly what they're doing. They, they want to say that you know Trump is an insurrectionist. Once again, it's, it's classic projection. 
they were the ones um, fermenting and, and carrying out insurrection all, all last summer, burning down cities. They're the ones who pulled a coup by stealing the election, but they're going to project onto us what they're doing. They're accusing us of trying to overthrow the government when they just did it themselves. And they're accusing us of being insurrectionists when they, they've been you know, wildly insurrectionists for an entire year. Now, I'm going to compare your actions to Ammon Bundy a little bit for a reason, Stuart. Hopefully this is okay. Hear me out to make sense of this. They tried to paint okay. Ammon Bundy as this extremist, crazy man. Uh, they're trying to make you out to be this extremist, crazy man. You're both armed to the teeth, in militias, ready to turn on everybody at an instant, lies and dishonest portrayals. Ammon Bundy, even when he was in the Mount Hero Wildlife Refuge, would leave the refuge and go sit down in the middle of gymnasiums with his cowboy hat on and peacefully listen to the discussions that were being had uh, about his involvement. At the end of the day, even though the government belligerently uh, ended up giving him two years in prison, but he was guilty of nothing, and at the end of the day, the FBI got caught withholding exculpatory evidence and got caught lying so much so that the judge was forced to dismiss the case to protect a lot of the agent provocateurs and the real details of how criminal the government really was in the Ammon Bundy case. Um, you're pretty much the same way. They're trying to paint you in the court of public opinion uh, as the enemy, uh, and they're surprised when Ammon Bundy goes into the gymnasium, peaceful as could be with his cowboy hat on. They're surprised when Stuart Rhodes walks into CPAC with a legitimate pass uh, because we've done nothing wrong, and the reality is guilty of nothing. They tased Ammon Bundy's attorney in court even. Okay, but yet at the end of the day, Ammon is guilty of nothing. And, and I submit the same reality is happening here. They're losing their narrative. The more they push, the more they look insane. And, and this is more proof as you walk into this peaceful CPAC conference with a legitimate past, and they just can't believe that their uh, attacks haven't worked to the degree they thought they would. And now they don't know what to do with you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. And, and people need to understand that there are now um, over 500 Americans who were in D.C. who simply, most of them just walked through doors that were already open, walked in the Capitol, took a selfie, and walked back out. They're now being treated like terrorists. Um, we've got four Oath Keepers in the D.C. jail who've been denied bond, um, along with about 35 other, other Americans. And so, of course, they're, they're being treated as guilty until proven innocent. One of our guys, Ken Harrelson, uh, is an Army veteran, disarmament discharge combat that and his his bomb was denied first by by the magistrate because he had had smoked pot when he, was a, when he was a teenager even though he had no charges that was the first excuse you know to deny him bond even though it's been many many years ago and since then he's been honorably discharged from the military but, the, but then the one in dc um withheld his bond for two reasons one because he's a military veteran as though that's some kind of horrible crime and two because of his association with oath keepers as though we were some illegal terrorist organization or, or cartel or something. So, you know, we're, we're completely above board constitutional organization. Our guys go and protect people against actual terrorists in the streets, Antifa. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm calling it psychotic, dishonest headlines from Salon. Because really, what happens is these people lose their minds they become unhinged when the rule of law becomes the reality check. Let me give you an example. There's a headline right now from Western Journal. 
C. Douglas Golden writes it, and listen to this carefully, ladies and gentlemen, because they've been telling you literally since January 6th that Donald Trump was an insurrectionist, that this was a terrorist act greater than the United States Civil War, whatever they wanted to say. Okay, but literally, what are we, six months later now, a little bit more? And the headline says this, despite accusations from Democrats, and I believe that should be broadened, uh, despite accusations from the swamp, no January 6th protesters, none, have been charged with treason or sedition, not a single one. And every one of them is like, oh my gosh, you walked around the Capitol, you disturbed the peace. Or you, uh, your actions might have been peaceful, but you influenced others who went more radical on us. Uh, kind of an idea. But nobody's been charged with anything significant beyond very, very basic, minor, you can debate if they're even legitimate charges, Stuart. Not a single one, sir. Oh, they're all grossly overcharged. So most of them are being charged with a uh, either conspiracy to disrupt Congress or actually disrupting Congress. But what's interesting is Gateway Pundit now has an article out that says that the actual reason why that the um, the Congress was evacuated was because of the bomb threat, because of the two pipe bombs that were found down the street, and they were they were concerned about a bomb threat. Nothing to do with people walking in the Capitol. So they're, like you said earlier, their entire narrative is starting to fall apart. You had people who were protesting. You had some that did break in, but now we have to go and, and take a good look at you know who, who those people were. I think some of them were just ticked off Americans, um, but there were probably also you know there's also black clad provocateurs who were breaking in, and the Trump supporters would try to stop them. They would turn around and, and assault the Trump supporter. So I think there's a very good chance that the FBI had provocateurs, just like they did at, at uh, Malheur. You know, was it up like a dozen confidential informants that were were around Alan Bundy? That the FBI inserted, you know, paid paid uh, snitches and paid provocateurs. I think you're going to see the same thing in, in D.C. That there was, you know, quite a bit of FBI involvement. I think we're going to see the same thing in D.C. If we can get to the truth, what they usually do, though, uh, is they will, um, you know, classify this or they'll create gag orders on that or they'll whatever they'll dismiss cases if they have to, like they did Evan Bunny. The big reason they didn't want to continue that case is because they they realized this was going to be a basically reality check right before the public on how criminal the government really is. And they were like, no, 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 we don't want our our uh, provocateurs' names to be brought out in court. We don't want to, you know what, we've already lost and, 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 and you know, had to explain away our lying on the stand and our withholding of exculpatory evidence and everything else. We're just going to... Um, well, dismiss the case. Now, a lot of people praise the judge for that, but I say, you know what? The judge had to do that, or else we would have known the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and that's what they didn't want. So I'm afraid here they might bottle it all up, too, if we're not very careful. Well, that's why they're designing all the footage from inside the Capitol. They want most selectively release little bits of footage here and there that support their narrative and support their false charges. They don't want to, don't want to reveal all the rest of the footage because it might reveal provocateurs who are who were allowed in, who then opened the doors, it might reveal, you know, exculpatory act- actions. Like some of the Oath Keepers that went in, um, afterwards, I asked their team leader, he said, hey, we went inside the Capitol, and I asked him why, and he said, well, because we had heard some- someone had been shot, that was Ashley Babbitt, and he had two medics on the team, so he went in to render medical aid, and then while they were inside, they actually helped police officers. They dialed back confrontations between angry Trump supporters and, and some of the um, Capitol Police officers, and so they were assisting law enforcement inside, and we can't have that be out, out there, so that's why they're trying to, you know, stop the narrative or, or the counter-narrative counter from us. You don't see any of that in the news media. 
Well, here's what I find interesting, though. Um, they want you to believe that somehow the Oath Keepers went psychotic on January the 6th. But the truth is, Oath Keepers around the country have been helping people for literally years in location after location after location with stellar reports and appreciation from the police and from local officials up and down the line to this date. That's the other narrative they don't want to talk about. We'll talk about that with Stuart in seconds. Stuart Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, OathKeepers.org on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Concerns about inflation on the rise. A study out Friday by the University of Michigan finds consumer sentiment this month at a five-month low. The biggest complaints for consumers, higher prices for homes, cars, and durable goods. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on CNBC this week. I think we we will have several more months of rapid inflation, so I'm not saying that this is a one-month phenomenon, but I think over the medium term, we'll see inflation decline back toward normal levels. The Labor Department announcing this week the Consumer Price Index went up 0.9% in June. That's the largest one-month increase in 13 years. Some relief Saturday for Europeans affected by deadly flooding, waters receding in Germany and Belgium. Over 150 deaths recorded so far. That number expected to climb, though. Officials say as waters recede, more bodies will likely be discovered. This is USA Radio News. The best companion a pillow has ever had. You've heard me talking about Mike Lindell's Giza Dreams bed sheets now for a couple of years. They're the perfect companion to the My Pillow, made with the world's best cotton called Giza, grown only in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. Its long staple cotton makes it ultra soft and breathable. And just like the My Pillow, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee, 10-year warranty. Try it for yourself. Mike Lindell and I promise you'll sleep better or you get your money back. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, use my promo code USA. You'll get two-for-one pricing plus free shipping, but only by using my promo code USA. Or call 1-800-951-8175 and ask for the Giza Dream Sheets special. And the promo code USA gets you up to 66% off the entire line of MyPillow products. Sleep better with the Giza Dreams bed sheets and save at MyPillow.com. Promo code USA. The CDC says over 97% of people entering hospitals for COVID right now are unvaccinated. John Clemens reports. The so-called Delta variant is highly transmissible, but the cases are typically milder in vaccinated people. Those without the vaccine are likely to become seriously ill from COVID and end up in the hospital. Jeff Zients is the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. Just four states accounted for more than 40% of all cases in the past week, with one in five of all cases occurring in Florida alone. Florida is reporting an average of 29 new infections for every 100,000 people per day. That is more than four times the national average. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. Plans underway to get Afghans who helped the U.S. military out of the country before a possible Taliban takeover. Evacuation flights out of Afghanistan could begin next week. This is USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Stuart Rhodes riding shotgun on your radio today. Oathkeepers.org. 
guardians of the republic, ladies and gentlemen. The point I was making right before the break, I want Stuart to be able to respond to. You know what? You've got years and years of meeting with all kinds of local officials all across the country, helping them keep the peace, dial back a confrontation, um, trying to uh, help people not get so out of control on any side of the debate. It's not a left-right. It's not a white-black. It's a we're Americans, and we want to make sure we preserve the republic. Guardians of the republic uh, is the phrase on your website to highlight what the Oath Keepers do, helping people keep their oaths of office and serve with honor. Uh, I bring that all up because now they want you to believe after years and years and years of this where you've got people all across the country that would say, hey, you know what, I'm not even part of the Oath Keepers, but they have come here. They were great. They did a phenomenal job providing security and support for us. We're grateful to them. But now they want everyone to believe that you guys just went psychotic crazy uh, at the Capitol. This narrative just won't, it won't stick. Stuart? Well, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to argue that we planned an unarmed insurrection. Which is just ludicrous, you know. We were actually what the heck is an to... unarmed insurrection, right? Exactly. So we, we were guns. We were I mean, what are they talking fight. about? Right, no guns, just just uh, you know, flagpoles and whatnot. So, but yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous nonsense. It's it's actually an insult to our confidence, you know. So we had combat veterans, special warfare veterans in D.C. with us. If we had wanted to actually take over the Capitol, we'd have taken it. But that's not that's not our intent. Our, we were there to to protect people against Antifa, just as we had done in two prior Stop the Steal rallies in November and December, because Antifa likes to attack Trump supporters across the country. We've been doing this across the country all during the campaign season, too, at, at a dozen Trump rallies. And then long before that, we were protecting free speech, starting in Berkeley, California, right after, the, after Trump's inauguration, they were attacking people on the streets, not, not letting uh, conservatives speak. And so we've been doing the same exact mission for years of guarding people and protecting them while they speak, protecting the speakers and the events, and also escorting Trump supporters back to their cars, back to their hotels, because Antifa likes to single people out and attack them. Well, it's just very clear. You're catching flack when you're over the target. That's the reality, right? Right. You're right. Amen. You know, All right. unfortunately, now we're sure, go ahead. people on the right, too. We got, we got people on the right accusing us of being you know, FBI agents and provocateurs and all kinds of goofy nonsense. So, right. so, so let me take that on directly, Stuart. Here's the headline that they're using now. Um, I'm rewriting the headline slightly, but they call it a bold move. Stuart sits down with the FBI against legal advice. Now, here's what I find comical about their headline. They're not even attorneys writing that you're sitting down against legal advice, but you're a Yale-trained attorney i don't know whose legal advice you're supposed to get uh, but you sit down with the fbi they try to question you and the reason that you're sitting down with them is because you're saying guys i have nothing to hide i'm right here otherwise if i don't sit down with you then they're going to write articles that Stuart's no, running around hiding i didn't sit down with them i did not okay. sit down with them. what happened is is they had a subpoena for my phone a search warrant for my phone and they walked up to me while i'm standing on the sidewalk and they pulled up and they didn't surround me or anything nonsense like that either. So they just, they just got out of the car, two guys, walked up very politely. We had a nice conversation. They said, hey, you know, you're not under arrest. You're with us here for your phone. Um, and then they said, well, would, would you be willing to answer a couple of questions? And I was actually standing there with our general counsel, Kelly Sorrell, in Texas when, when they walked up to us. So I said, sure, I'll talk to you. And it was, it was against the advice of the D.C. lawyer, Ed, Ed, Ed McMahon, that I had hired for my own legal defense in case I'm charged. 
it's, it's standard it's standard uh, rule is don't talk to the feds at all ever don't talk to don't talk to the fbi and i think that's good general advice but i talked to them because i wanted to make sure that they knew exactly what we were doing in dc exactly what our plan was which was simply to do security and they understood that our guys you know went in for for all the most honorable intentions and so i i did talk to them i said look i'm not going to you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and try to get my guys uh, a little bit more of a, a clarity and understanding by these FBI agents. So at least we know that we have told them the truth. And then they took my phone. Of course, they got all our chats. And then they went and, and uh, interviewed our our team leader on the ground. He was an ex-police officer and a combat veteran, Whip. He goes by the name Whip. He's still a current serving contractor. And they went, interviewed him. He did a voluntary interview as well. They copied his phone. So they've got everything. So they know exactly what we were doing and why we're there. So, so the continued persecution of our people is nothing but a political persecution of dissidents. I consider that the gulag on the Potomac now. And they, it's a stunt just like they did to Ammon Bundy where they're lying, they're withholding exculpatory evidence, they're doing things to paint a different narrative, and they're using the media, Salon and others, um, as their stooge <laughs> boys to get that done. Stuart? That's right. In fact, um, the other day, the New York Times called me and said that they, the reason why I gave an interview about that FBI conversation I had with the agents on the, on, the, on the sidewalk is because someone in the FBI tipped the New York Times about the contents of our conversation. So the guy knew. He, he, someone at the FBI told him what, what we had been talking about. So they called me up and said, well, I want to make sure I got this straight. So I corrected some errors. And I said, yeah, here's what we said. And here's what I told them about our guys going in. And they left out the part about, hey, our guys also protected police officers inside. There was an angry crowd around one officer who looked, you know, extremely nervous behind his M4. And to prevent a tragedy, they got in between, dialed it back, and then escorted that officer to another group of officers. That never made print. That's what I told the FBI. But the New York Times, of course, leaves that out because you can't have that in there, you know. So that's what they do. They'll leave out, like I have a black vice president who's a cop in Montana. He's done long interviews with three different times with the, with the New York Times. None of it's ever made print because it doesn't fit the narrative. The narrative is we're a bunch of crazy, wild-eyed, you know, white supremacists. That's the narrative that they want to project onto um, all of the patriots across the country. Never mind that the Oath Keepers have gone to painstaking efforts to make sure that, hey, race isn't part of our narrative. Keeping our oaths of office and protecting America is, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, our bylaws track the U.S. military rules about, you know, you can't be discriminatory toward other people according to their race or, or, their, uh, or their religion. So, exactly right. All right, so the headline that I'm going to write then is FBI takes and returns Stewart's cell phone. Guilty of nothing? Well, they had it for two weeks. Um, none of our guys are guilty. That's my point. But they're just scrambling and trying to find something that they can make stick. Their narrative starting to fall apart. There were no guns present. None of our guys were actually violent. All they did is walk through doors already open. And in fact, they rendered medical aid to people. Um, and there was like people that were being hit with tear gas. They were, they were treating. I talked to a, another witness that was outside with them on the steps as they were treating people. So their narrative is falling apart. And it's not just for the Oath Keepers, it's for everybody who went inside. You know, and if they were to release the footage inside, you would see even more absurd footage of people just walking between, you know, ropes, looking around, taking pictures, and walking back out. 
and they're all being charged with felony disruption of official proceeding and also quite a few of them with supposed conspiracy. All right, now I want to bring this up because I find this ironic. So they're going to call the Donald Trump scenario an insurrection, ladies and gentlemen, where Donald peacefully spoke at the, uh, at the event there on January 6th that, hey, I want you guys to ask your congressmen and senators to look into vote fraud, peacefully do this. Uh, then, you know what, 99% of the people were peaceful. There might have been a few people who got deceived and were uh, following the crowd and did some stupid stuff. There was agent provocateurs there that certainly led the charge to paint this dishonest, uh, irrational, unrealistic narrative. But they call it an insurrection. But here's what's interesting. Just a couple of days ago, Stuart, there's a headline that says this. Congresswoman Joyce Beatty arrested at voting rights protest their group marched at the Capitol, okay? She's uh, of Ohio. She's the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus is who she is. I'm not trying to make this racial. But they had a peaceful demonstration. It was the heart of the Senate office building or whatever else. And uh, she tweeted now alongside images of her arrest. So let me get this straight. She's allowed to continue tweeting, even though she got arrested. Um, and they... They're not calling that an insurrection. They're basically not calling that anything. They'll just be like, oh, man, this girl got arrested. She shouldn't have been there. It's kind of bad she was there. Uh, Oops, bad on me. Why isn't that an insurrection considered the same uh, as the other? They were places they weren't supposed to be. Uh, This lady even got arrested even after she was told to leave over and over and over. And then furthermore, she's allowed to tweet alongside of her arrest photo um, and still, and no one calls it an insurrection of any kind. Isn't that interesting turn of events? Well, yeah, and just last week you had you had leftists, like I think it was the Earth Firsters or whatever, who surrounded the White House and blocked the entrance, basically barricaded the White House and, you know, chained themselves together like they always do and, and, and blocked the entrance to the White House. And that's not being, being called an insurrection either. So, you know, it's, just, it's an obvious double standard. It's an obvious projection. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. I've got something else I want to pick Stuart's brain on. Uh, He's a trained attorney, Yale trained. Uh, He's been in the military and served his country well. He's now serving in every way possible, and both sides are wrongly attacking him. That's my humble opinion to which I'm entitled. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live. seven years old. I'm sitting here in the corner having a time out until mom comes to talk to me. All I did was cut my sister's hair. I was just trying to help. I guess mom didn't like how I did it. In a minute, she'll be back and ask me if I know what I did was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have cut her hair. And she'll say we all make mistakes because we're just learning about stuff. She'll give me a hug and wind up talking about more stuff. No matter what you talk to your kids about, love is what they'll hear. I really like mom's timeouts, and I think she likes them too. Yeah, I think they help her remember how much she loves me. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. 
I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is insane. All right, check this out. So you got Congresswoman Joyce Beatty got arrested. Voting rights protest. Uh, then she tweets about it with her arrest photo. No worry about an insurrection there of any kind. Never mind, they were there. Uh, they wouldn't go away. They were asked to leave. They still disobeyed. Then the second incident that Stuart Rhodes brings up right now, Stuart Rhodes riding shotgun on the broadcast today, insurrection, question mark, leftist agitators, Blockade every entrance to White House. Issue demands to Biden. Kevin Catapano, the Western Journal with the piece. The next piece of this, left-wing group dumps cow poop at the White House entrance demands Biden take climate action. Uh, The more we learn, the more we realize their narrative blows up. The dishonest agenda is for the whole world to see, Stuart. Yeah, amen. I mean, look, this, this is, like I said, it's classic projection. Um, and in fact, on the racial issue, like they're, they are trying to paint all Trump supporters as white supremacists. And they're trying to say that, well, they need to have, you know, pass the H.R. 1, the so-called Voting Rights Act, to stop us from disenfranchising black voters. That's the new shtick. That's why they paraded out the leader of the Black Caucus to go and, and, and claim that, you know, she's, she's standing up for voting rights. They're trying to codify the election fraud that they used to steal the election, which violated um, PAVA, the, the, elect, the federal election campaign laws, violated Article 2 of the Constitution, which requires that the electors are selected in the manner that set forth by the state legislature. That was all grossly violated. It was an unconstitutional, illegal election. And yet, they want to now pretend like we are the ones who are trying to step outside of the law, step outside of the Constitution, that we're trying to disenfranchise black people by passing election reform laws that that protect the vote. It's complete projection and flipping things on its head. All stripes of Americans, all walks of life of Americans are standing side by side to keep their oaths and become guardians of the republic. That's the reality check, and the swamp can't stand it. They're becoming unhinged. We're seeing more and more and more and more evidence of vote fraud in Georgia and in Arizona, and the information is coming to light line item by line item. Mike Lindell and others leading the charge for that, showing criminal intent uh, with high capability of technology to commit vote fraud. More and more evidence will be forthcoming uh, on this as well. Now, there's one last headline I want to get and get your opinion on this, Stuart, because this is very, very interesting. 
We know there was voter fraud, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? <clears throat> because we uh, have seen their what they're doing. Okay? Literally vote fraud. And I'll talk about this next hour more in detail. But they're literally uh, virtually being forced to admit there was vote fraud. And I'll explain how next hour. Uh, in the meantime, though, this headline, Stuart, I find very fascinating. Several participants of the January 6th riot, they call it, at the U.S. Capitol, which I don't call it a riot at all. I call it a peaceful event with a few provocateurs that have deceived the public. But nevertheless, they have been taking part in one attorney's, what they call a re-education program, which involves reading books or watching movies about topics like slavery and the Holocaust, etc., while they await sentencing. So here's what you do. You have the government so belligerent, put so much pressure on people that they cave, they're virtually guilty before they even start because they basically lie and plead guilty to things. Oh my gosh, I walked around the Capitol, I'm guilty. And I guess my actions might have made somebody else go off the rails. And so therefore, by golly, I'm guilty. And now they're reading books about slavery and the Holocaust before their trials even happen. Before they even have a chance to use the supreme law of our land and determine if they're really guilty or not. They're innocent until proven guilty, I might say. But they're facing their sentencing. So we're going to skip the trial. We're going to admit guilt. We're going to face sentencing. And the, quote, Gestapo re-education program is already underway. And they're blatantly admitting this in the mainstream press right now. Stuart, the ro- this is off the rails crazy. They're literally re-indoctrinating people right now. Oh, you were in error. Oh, you, uh, how dare you think that was a great day to stop government from their belligerence and try to have accountability on elections? How dare you? You're going to go into your Gestapo re-education camp right now before you even get your sentencing because then your sentencing might be lighter if you go along with the deep state. And this is the stuff they're doing in front of your very face, sir. Yeah, well, that's why I call it the Gulag on the Potomac. Guys are being denied bond in an attempt to crush their spirits and force them into a confession, confessing to a crime they did not commit. And and they're being, like you said, they're being treated as guilty right now. So you've got judges denying bond uh, on the mere association with Oath Keepers or Proud Boys, two very legal organizations that someone can belong to, but that's not being treated as a criminal act. And the overriding, the entire overriding smear is that you are you're disenfranchising black people. There's a congressman from, from Mississippi that's suing President Trump and Giuliani. His name, is, his name is Benny Thompson. And he has the NAACP representing him and suing the president, suing, suing Giuliani, and also Oath Keepers and Proud Boys alleging a big, vast conspiracy to disenfranchise black people. That's, that's their new argument. That's why they want to codify. They want to use that to pressure people into going along with them codifying all of the set-aside of, of normal rules for elections that they did, like all the massive mail-in ballots, all the, you know, the, the, the un, un, unguarded boxes of ballots that are all over the city that they allow to be stuffed, all of that they want to make perfectly legal now. That's what they're trying to do. And they're trying to browbeat Americans that if you don't go along with this, then you're racist and you're disenfranchising black people. And if you try to, to push for election integrity or a recount to expose their criminality, well, of course, you're a white supremacist. That's the entire argument. And they're going to use that now. And you look at the latest release of the strategy to fight you know, so-called domestic extremism. 
it's all they start off with the history of the KKK and how it was founded after the Civil War, if you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and they go right down the line. It's the same smear they've been using for years, trying to say that anybody who stands up on the political right must be a racist and their intent is to harm black people. It's complete nonsense. You know, President Trump let black men out of jail that Biden had put there with, with federal minimal sentence, sentencing laws. And he released black men from jail while Kamala Harris is notorious for putting them in prison, even though she was herself using illegal drugs while she was convicting them of using illegal drugs and putting them in prison. So it's a complete flip in projection. Well, the good news is the new media is taking center stage. The good news is more and more of us are standing together to fight back and tell the tale of truth and liberty every single day. And you know what? I submit to you that they think they've got the upper hand, but they're starting to lose. The more cases that get dismissed, the more evidence that goes on record, uh, the more um, folks call a halt to their con game and uh, reject their lies and turn off the mainstream press and turn on news sources that tell the truth. Um, You know, they're not going to win this battle, Stuart. I know they think they are, um, but they're not going to win. We're going to be able to to stand peacefully uh, and, and maintain the rule of law. I think we are. Well, one thing that has to happen, though, is Americans have got to start pressuring their congressmen and their governors. Every single GOP governor, or every governor, period, should be demanding the release of any citizen from their state who's being held or, or unfairly charged, which all of them are um, right now. So you need to put pressure on your representatives, pressure, pressure on your governors, and pressure on your sheriffs. Your sheriffs should be interposing themselves and protecting people against this witch hunt of Trump supporters. They're all over the country. The FBI is all over the place interviewing people and trying to dig up dirt on any patriot they can and then arresting little old, little old ladies for, for walking into the Capitol. So it needs to come to a stop, and it needs to be that your state and your, and your local um, officials need to step up and, and nullify and interpose. We also need to make sure people understand, look, folks, the FBI has flat out become a criminal enterprise. Everything they're involved in it uh, turns out to be a scandal, a fraud. They're the provocateurs. They're the agent of disruption uh, and confusion. We see this to the point where you can't even defend the FBI at all anymore and say, well, there's good guys in the organization. Well, there may be, but they've turned over to such a criminal enterprise. Everything they're involved in has marks of criminal activity by the FBI, sir. Oh, yeah. Well, since Bex- Bexham's Cointel Pro against Martin Luther King, against the Black Panthers, they are notorious for creating crimes, for entrapping people, and then prosecuting them for the made-up crimes that the FBI itself cooked up. And they're also being, they've also been implicated in MOK's assassination. That's starting to come out now, that there, there may have been involvement. From, and I'm not surprised at all. So the, the FBI tried to get him to commit suicide by sending him a letter, um, letting him know that they're going to out his uh, extramarital affairs and he should just kill himself. You know, that's that's... That's part of history. So the FBI has a horrible track record. Ruby Ridge, Waco, it's just horrific. And so I don't think any American should look at the FBI and think, oh, you know, there's just some good guys there. Or if there are good guys there, guess what? They're still following the orders. I haven't seen one FBI agent yet that stood up and said, no, I will not go and arrest these people. So any of the so-called good guys inside the FBI need to blow the whistle. They need to stand up. They need to, need to, to refuse to comply with unconstitutional orders. And I haven't seen it yet. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We don't mean to just attack government, okay? Let's be very clear. The constitutional proper role of limited government 
replete with the checks and balances so we can chain them down with the Constitution, has value and merit. But these rogue agents that are out of control that pretend they've got the moral high ground because they're government officials, it's a double stab in the back. Okay, They're using the undercover of government to make you believe it's legitimate. And they're acting rogue. And that is the problem. And then what they do is use projection to make it seem like we're the ones out of control. No, at some point, we've got to hold these people accountable and force them to step down and replace them with good, honest patriots who will keep their oaths of office. And that's what the Oath Keepers is all about. Guardians of the Republic, we want you to keep your oath. We want you to have fidelity uh, to the Constitution. Final words yours, Stuart, then we'll let you fly. Um, yeah, in fact, right now, we have been deplatformed and demonetized precisely because they can't um, stop us from doing what we do. They can't, they can't counter our arguments because it's based on the U.S. Constitution. They can't control us. They can't control me. They can't blackmail me or bribe me. And so now their, their attempt is to just wipe us off the face of the earth. They're trying to prosecute our guys, cook up some conspiracy charge against me if they can. You know, find a RICO charge. They're going to do all of these things if they can to shut us down. But at the same time, we've been demonetized because I would not disavow the oath keepers that were arrested, uh, starting with Jessica Watkins. The credit card processor will pay. The central card processing system shut us out. So right now, you can't even donate to oath keepers online. You might have to mail in a check. So we've been deplatformed and demonetized. That's what they're doing now. And, and of course, character assassination as well. Try to stop us. So, you know, people do not understand that when you're being treated like that, it means that you are doing something right. Like you said before, you're, you're over the target when you're getting all that kind of flack. So we're not going to let it stop us. We'll be uh, jumping on either on Give, Send, Go's new platform they're coming out with or on Bongino's new platform. Stuart, be safe. My, pra- my pleasure with you and the Oath Keepers. Ladies and gentlemen, they've even got conservatives now deceived on this. Their propaganda is so... Uh, invasive and so ubiquitous Uh, stand with those who have a track record of stability and success reject the dishonest lies would you please Stuart? we'll talk to you soon my friend godspeed yep all right there you go Stuart rose ladies and gentlemen oathkeepers.org you can look at the website and get their address and then send them a check if you want to donate you can't do it online anymore because again they don't have any way to stop us except for try to take away all of our funding try to demonize and isolate us but it it ain't gonna work There's too many Americans that are awake now. I got news for them. God speed the right. Ladies and gentlemen, this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.